Hi, this is James Jude Courtney, Michael Myers from Halloween 2018, and you're listening to Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all support. You guys are awesome. And needless to say, I am super excited for this interview. This is absolutely incredible. We are joined today by another legend of the business. With credits ranging over three decades, most known for his roles in Far and Away, The Hit List, and his latest portrayal as The Shape, Michael Myers himself in Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and the upcoming highly anticipated Halloween Ends, Mr. James Jude Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a huge honor for us. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing great, and it's an honor for me to be here as well. I really love it. Oh, man. Whew. All right. <laughs> Let me shake these nerves off. All right. <laughs> We just like to get things started usually by asking what it was that got you into acting. You were classically trained as well, from what I understand. Well, I, I knew in fourth grade, I had epiphanies in fourth grade, and, and one of them was I was going to make movies for a living. Um, so it wasn't like I, I dreamt about it or I, I put posters up in my room or anything. I just knew that's what I was going to do. Like, you know, my mom and dad loved me. I knew I was going to go to college because that was expected of me. But I just knew that I was going to make movies. Um so in fifth grade, I started, I picked up my daddy's camera, an old uh, uh, eight millimeter tri-lens Kodak uh, camera and started making eight millimeter films. And I mean, I used that camera all the way through college. And um, when I got to Los Angeles, uh, I did a play called Requiem for a Heavyweight. I ran nine weeks in Long Beach and it ran one night on Broadway. And um, and 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 uh, I met uh, a, a, an, one of the actors was a former uh, coach for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, um, uh, uh, an instructor and lecturer. So he he took me under his wing and worked with me for several years. I mean, and he worked me, man. He beat me up. After that, I studied with Stella Adler, who was Marlon Brando's coach. So she's one of the most iconic acting teachers in, in American theater. Um, so, you know, so the the the, the tra and that training was just all of it was just just invaluable. I and it's tough, man. It was tough work. Well, and, and just to kind of get right into it, I mean, you so you've done two of these Halloween movies now at the time of us recording this. Um, but going back to 2018, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, obtaining the role of Michael Myers? I mean, were you already a fan of the franchise? How did that come about? Well, the, the franchise, of course, I mean, I saw it in the theaters in 1978. I've got a few years on you guys. You know, I was in college. <laughs> you know, but and, and I knew I was going to make films. So I always watched film with a with a kind of a, a, a curious and critical eye. Um, during that 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 period, there were two films that, that really struck me as as like as, as game changers. Um, one of them was Rocky and the right. other one was Halloween. And I walked out of that theater going, damn, this is this is this is there's something so different and powerful in that freaking soundtrack, man. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, I had known the stunt coordinator on the Rob Zombie films, Ron Hutchinson, and um, okay. yeah. I know him for 30 some odd years. We worked on several films together, but I'd never worked for him as a stunt man. I always worked as an actor. But I've specialized in actor stunts, you know, and there's not many guys who do that. So and actually, um when they were putting up 2018, Ron called me and um, 
I, I, well, basically what happened was he read the script. He called David Gordon Green and Malika Cod and said, hey, guys, this script is different than any other script you know, ever in the franchise. You're going to need a guy with real deep acting chops who's also a really good stuntman. And there's not many of those guys around. And there's not. I mean, it's it, you know, most guys go one way or the other. And right. So uh, David Gordon Green said, well, uh, he's got to be six foot three, 200 pounds, and he's got to be in his 60s. Do you know anybody? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so Ron, even though he knew me, was like racking his brain. Uh, my my dear, dear friend, Chris Nielsen and his wife, Jennifer, said to Ron, Jimmy Courtney, I mean, you come on, man. And he was like, oh, yeah. So when he called me, he told me that. And, and I was just like, Ron, man, it's awesome. You're going to have a blast. And he goes, well, we need you, man. And so um I happened to be, I moved back to Columbia, South Carolina. I was fo I just focused on writing and producing and I had made the determination for the 10 years prior to that. Like when people call me, I'll work. I stunt coordinated a few commercials. I did a little bit of this and that, but I was focused on writing and making films. And sure enough, Ron called. So they, I, I drove down to Charleston where David Gordon Green and Daniel McBride, all those guys hang out. Uh, they put me on tape. And, you know, wanted to see me move, wanted to know my history and my perspective. And, 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 and um, oddly enough, my very first film, Freeway Maniac, which has uh, made some people's all time worst films list. Then oh. uh, <laughs> mercifully, they left me alone. I when I prepared for that film, I stayed in a lockdown psych ward for uh, for a weekend. Uh, the director and I, Paul Winters. And so I learned firsthand what it was like to be around paranoid schizophrenics. I actually got to interview them, those who had been there for like 20 years and were, were more settled. Um, so when I got down and they put me on tape, um, I was done. I walked out, get my little pickup truck, and I got a call from Blumhouse in, um, in Los Angeles. And they said, hey, uh, um, are you available these dates? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. And then they called back. I didn't even get to the freeway, which is only two miles away. They called back again. They said, hey, David Green wants to meet you. Um, can, can, can you come back? And usually that's the kiss of death. You know what I mean? Because that, that gives you the ending. Like, so I just let it go, man. I went back, met David, met Ryan Turek, uh, met Malik, you know, met all the, all the principals. Oh, yeah. And it was great. It was great. We had a lot of fun. Um, we were supposed to shoot in October. I didn't hear anything. And so I was like, ah, okay, I've got work to do. No big deal. But then come the end of November, they called and said, Hey, we're ready. You ready? I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. That's the way it happened. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I've got to ask you this about that 2018 film. I mean, can you kind of describe, you know, what went through your mind when you first put on that mask, you know, after, after that intense gas station scene, and I, I know scenes are sometimes shot out of order and, you know, I'm not sure where it kind of fell on, you know, schedule that, that may or may not have an impact in this question, but, you know, it's just not any mask, you know, I mean, it's arguably the most iconic mask in horror. And, you know, I got to ask, did, did you feel the weight of that or, or was that just kind of sheer bliss for you or maybe both? <laughs> well, uh, let me start by saying, since I've worn the mask from uh, from 2018 and in the movie and the mask from Kills, I have not put that mask back on and I won't. Um, what happens when I put that mask on? Um, Y'all don't want to be around me when I have that. <laughs> and in fact, my fiance, um, when we were shooting Kills, she was always back in Video Village watching. So she was never with like right there with me. Um, but at one point when we were shooting the fire scene, so it's right at the end because the fire scenes in both 18 and kills we shot on the very last day because fire is so freaking dangerous that, you know, they couldn't afford to burn me up and, you know, and, and lose the film midway through. Right. So at a certain point, 
we needed to grab a shot really quick. And so Chris Nelson, it, it, I can't put the mask on myself. Christopher Nelson has to do it. He's the special effects makeup okay. artist who created the mask. Uh, he comes over and puts it on. So he rushed it over like the rush, 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 comes over and puts it on. And all of a sudden, Sarah was like, oh, my God, this doesn't feel good. Like she needed to get away. I mean, wow. so the first time I ever put it on, um, we were rehearsing before we even started shooting 2018. Uh, Chris Nelson had just flown in from Los Angeles with with the masks, had him in a beautiful like leather Halliburton. So um, David and Danny McBride and Ron Hutchinson and Mike Simmons, the the uh, cinematographer and um, Chris Nelson and I went back to a back room because we were on a practical location. We were in somebody's house, went back to a room where nobody could see us. And so I stood there, Chris pulls the mask out, he puts it on me, and everybody around me did a collective, uh, like there was a guttural <laughs> moan that came out of him. And y'all, it was, it was like this, it was like the circuit connected, it was like, boom, like that. I'd already created the character, so in the scenes where I'm not wearing the mask, I'm still in the same place, but dude, when that mask goes on, it's, it's, I'm not, it, it's not me, man, it's not me, which is why I will not put those masks on. I mean, unless someone pays me a lot of money. Right. <laughs> Completely understandable. Uh, you talked you talked a little bit about the 78 film having an impact on you when you were in college. So can you talk a little bit about the scene or the scenes in 2018 where you and Nick Castle were both kind of able to be Michael Myers on screen, you know, in the same movie, you know, how that came about and, and, and what that meant to you as an actor and fan of that film? Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, Nick came in about, uh, about three weeks into the into shooting. We'd never talked about the, you know, I'd never met him, never talked to him. Um, when we met, we were like brothers from another mother. I mean, we are such good friends. Literally, he and his wife, Sarah and I, are planning a vacation in Europe next year. I mean, awesome. this coming summer. I mean, we are really good friends. We never, we talk every few weeks on the phone. We're constantly texting back and forth. Um so we were hoping that there would be because we didn't know what scene we which scene was going to be because the thing is is that mask is built to my face right and, and so anybody else puts it on it's going to be distended or you know it's going to it's 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 not going to look right so it couldn't sense. be a close up so we were hoping for an, a moment where we where Nick really could metaphorically and spiritually pass the baton to me right. And it turns out that it was the scene, you know, where where Laurie Strode pulls up, he's standing in the in the uh, in the window, and that and it was a long shot, so he could put yeah. the mask on, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't distended. Um, but at a certain point, um, then you know, in that same scene where we're inhabiting the same scene, the mirror is shot out. Um, that's me for two reasons. One, it was it was close, but more importantly. Um, Heath Hood, the special effects guy who's freaking amazing, um, he was shooting that projectile from about 12 inches behind me and six inches to the side of my head. Oh, wow. So that oh, projectile whew. went right by me and broke the window. And that's not a place you want to put Nick Castle in. But I kind of, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I live for that stuff, man. I live for fire. I live for fighting. I live for being that close to danger. So um, it was really special. Really super special. And and now flash forward to Halloween Kills. Um, he did shoot a scene. It never made it to uh, never made it to the film. Right. So he's not in Halloween Kills, uh, but he is the breath. So he does ah. the ADR. He does. The, so he so I think beautifully, spiritually, he's he is still breathing life into the character that he and I both got to inhabit. 
I can hardly imagine you two on vacation together. You guys should wear the mask and walk into bars together. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> two Michael Myers walk into a bar. That's a great joke. Hey, man, if you want to sign the check and it don't bounce. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, you, you've had the opportunity to work with a, a ton of directors, even Ron Howard, uh, throughout your career. You know, how does... How does working with uh, David Gordon Green kind of compare to some of those other experiences? I mean, I've heard nothing but complimentary things about DGG. You know, man, they're, they're, I mean, he is so head and shoulders above every other experience I've ever had. Awesome. And, you know, and on a film set, it starts at the top. And so, you know, they, and, and again, Ron Howard is a wonderfully is a wonderful director. He's very clear. He's super generous. He's very loyal. But nothing compares to the, the sandbox that that DGG creates. I mean, he elicits and solicits creativity from anybody and everything that he possibly can. He creates the safest space to create that I've ever experienced. And he is so incredibly loyal. I mean, when you go on a set, I mean, he's I can't even tell you how many people he's brought from the North Carolina School of the Arts where he and David, uh, Danny McBride went to school. I mean, he is it's been a pipeline from that school into Rough House. Um, he, he brings people back after show, after show, after show. He knows how people work. Um, and then, you know, you're there like we'll be rewriting. He'll be rewriting a scene right in the middle of when we're, we're, we're rehearsing it or we're trying to shoot it. And all of a sudden, go, this is not working. He sits down and then he'll look over. And go, hey, shape, what do you think of this? Or he calls me shape while we're working. <laughs> hey, shape, come here, look at this. What do you think? But he does that with everybody. And, and what it, that, that speaks to is how, first of all, how incredibly um, secure he is in his talent and right. his person. And it also speaks to the integrity that man has. I mean, there is nobody like David Gordon Green. I, I'm, I, I, and I'm so, I'm so grateful that I got to have all the experience I've had, and then finally end up working with a master like David. That's amazing. Oh yes, sir. That's that's incredible. Uh, I've I've heard, I've watched some interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis. She said the exact same thing about David Gordon Green. Just how fantastic he is to work with. Uh, James, this is kind of a hypothetical question. But we reviewed Halloween 2018, you know, at the beginning of 2020, and we we had a good discussion about this. But the opening scene with the podcasters, where the mask is like held out to you, and the rest of the patients seem to, you know, freak out. Uh, did David Gordon Green convey what his intention was really with that scene? <laughs> was it to show something supernatural, or was it just you know? Well, you know, I mean, it's an interesting question. Uh, David Gordon Green has never really conveyed anything to me. Um, the only the only the only thing he, we talked about in terms of character, motivation, anything was before 2018. He called me when I was sitting on my couch, um, you know, and he said uh, we, we talked about the character just briefly. And he said, I really envision this char- character moving very cat like. And I said, well, that's great. My cat Parsifal is on my lap. As, I mean, and I and I and I, I have studied his movement. I mean, it's exactly how I intend to move. And that's about as far as it went. We never talked about motivation. We never talked about um, we never talked about how I would do anything. He left that up to me. And now if we needed to adjust space or place, that's pretty much what he did. But he and this is what he does. He trusts his part of his gift is casting. So when he hires the person to come in and play a role, he already knows what he's going to get. He's hired every single person because he knows they're going to give him exactly what he wants and he sees it in them. He's just brilliant enough to create the space where you where that's going to blossom out of me and Jamie and everybody else. 
So, James, can you talk a little bit about the flashback scenes and Halloween kills? What went, what went into the decision to have stunt coordinator Aaron Armstrong be the shape? And did you work with him on the, the walk, the movement, or anything like that? Because it's so seamless as far as how he looks in 78 and how you look in present day. You know, um, it, it, as I understand it, um, they looked at over 200 people trying to find somebody who moved like me. So that they, <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and well, it turns out, Aaron and I have very similar um, uh, spiritual experiences. I've I've done ayahuasca in the jungles of Peru. I've done African ibogaine with shaman. I've done North American native rituals. Um, I, I'm a meditator. Uh, I've done a lot of work on myself psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and so has Aaron. Um, uh, I have practiced, of, of the several martial arts I've practiced, Aikido is one of them. And Aikido absolutely informs the way i move as the shape um it turns out that aaron is also an aikido to kung fu and everything so basically i didn't talk to aaron about uh, we didn't talk about um about motivation or you know or where the character goes i we, we had a very spiritual conversation about the place inside of us that exists when we play that character and then he didn't even I mean, he he had he had seen me move in 2018, but I didn't sit there and work with him because I, I talked to him in Aikido terms about movement and boom, he got it. And That's I think awesome. he did an amazing job. I think he did yes. a brilliant oh, job. Yeah. Absolutely. He's a humble dude, man. He is so talented and so humble. I mean, I hope you all get to meet him sometime. He's a he's an amazing guy. I would love to. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Yeah. So. I have to ask about the firefighter scene. I mean, it was it was arguably the most iconic and, and I know many people's favorite in the movie and even the entire franchise. Um, you know, just the soundtrack, the visuals. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the work that had to go into that? I mean, to get that amazing end product that we kind of see on screen from your end. It's it's fantastic, man. Oh, wow, man. Uh, you know, first of all, um, props to Heath Hood uh and 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 his his special effects crew i mean those guys are so on the ball and i mean they're just i mean so creating something that that is you know that intense and that dangerous um and for someone like heath to make it that safe first of all is is really incredible aaron brought in um special people to work with fire uh and the sort of the fire stunt adjunct was a former nyfd um you know guy who 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 dealt with you know 911 and all kinds of crazy stuff wow um wow so i w- i was wearing uh two when i was walking through the the the, the burning house i was wearing two nomex suits soaked in fire retardant gel with a hood under my mask in fire retardant gel the, the flames are so intense through the house that I, I couldn't open my eyes. Otherwise, I'd burn my eyeballs and I couldn't breathe. Otherwise, I'd burn the epithelial lining of my mouth and throat and lungs. Wow. So I had to count the steps from the beginning until I got to the doorway. Once I hit the doorway, I could feel a rush of heat over my, my head. I knew I was there. Then I had to count the step. I could squint my eyes but not really see. But since I couldn't look down, I had to count the steps to the edge of the porch and not fall off the stairs. Wow. So, uh, you know, we did two takes on that um, and it was so hot, you know, like when you're um, when you're sitting in front of a campfire and your jeans get just burning hot and you, and you yes. get away. It was that hot all the way through. Golly. So I mean, the whole body was just burning. And then the Halligans are heavy, dog. 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm just covered in water and, and, and gel and I'm trying to hang on to that freaking Halligan. Um, it was it was it was it was intense. But again, I mean, in those moments for a, a guy who does what I do and any any and any other actor stuntman will tell you this. Those are the most peaceful, centered, grounded moments of my life. I mean, I, I, I think those moments of Dalai Lama needs to call me up and ask me how to find how to find Nirvana. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I was going to ask you and you you kind of already answered this. I mean, uh, I was going to ask you how much of that fire stuff, you know, was was some of the stunt guys and how much was you or even, you know, Doug Tate, you know, your double. Uh, but sounds like, I mean, you did the whole thing. Oh, I did. Uh, Doug Tate actually uh, was brought in and this is this is really important. Um he was brought in for whatever they needed to double me for. Like, for instance, I've worked with Tom Cruise. He always has a stunt double, but he does 99% of his stuff. But you got to have a double there. And so the only scene Doug um, doubled me on was jumping off the SUV, all right? Because, and, and it's a tough jump, all right? It was in the middle of shooting, so we couldn't afford a sprained knee or a sprained ankle or a compressed right. disc. Um, and it's a blind jump. He couldn't look down. So, you know, try jumping, you know, 10 feet without looking down to see where you land. Right. Add to that, that he was, he that was going to be jumped right between um, dolly tracks. So you don't even know where you're going to land and there's dolly tracks and lats and, you know, all this, wow. and, and all these shims around. Well, Doug jumped off and sprained his freaking ankle. So that's why, he's, so Doug took one for the team. <laughs> oh, but everything else, you know, like the fire scenes in, in the burning building and everything, um, that's all me. And again, super hot. The tough part about that one was, you know, the firefighters, uh, stunt guys, the camera crew, everybody had masks and oxygen except me. Oh, I think I smoked about 80 packs of cigarettes that oh, day. Oof. I mean, dude, it was tough. It was tough. I was hacking like a, I was hacking like a nine year old two pack a day smoker, man. Oh, Jesus. It was rough. Goodness, man. That's whew, that's intense. But it was worth it. Because that, like Brian mentioned, Man, is my absolute favorite scene. I know me and Mike went and saw it on release yeah. night, and I got chills watching you and walk out onto the front porch. Was, it may be the best scene of the franchise, I got to say. I mean, in, in the it's entire my favorite, no franchise. doubt. Thanks. I uh, you know, it. I, I thank you for saying that, guys. Uh, all I know is that it was so much fun. We worked really, really hard to make it to make it what it was. And... Um, I mean, and those are brutal nights. I mean, brutal for everybody. And yeah. it, it, but again, David Gordon Green puts together a crew that is, I mean, so excited to be there. Time doesn't matter. Pain doesn't matter. Cold doesn't matter. Heat doesn't matter. You know, anything short of a, you know, of a, of a rattlesnake bite. And I don't think that would stop anybody either. I mean, it, you know, it's um, <laughs> so it's really gratifying to know that 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 what we work so hard on has been appreciated by, you know, fans like you, you guys. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, can you talk about the differences in filming Halloween 2018 versus filming Halloween Kills? It definitely seemed more physically challenging in Kills with all of your extra fighting scenes. But were there any other differences, like maybe to your approach or perhaps? Uh, no. And in fact, it was almost like um, we just moved right into it. I mean, it's almost, <laughs> we wrapped 18 on Monday and started Kills on Tuesday. <laughs> Everything was the same. When I showed up in Chris's, uh, Chris Nelson's makeup trailer where I spend an hour, hour and a half every morning, you know, putting the prosthetics on and, you know, all the work we do, um, 
and Chris is brilliant and he's, he's a really good friend. He's a, he's an amazing musician. And, you know, he and I, 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 you know, I played back in the day and, you know, um, we had the same music and musical tastes. So Chris would look at the call sheet the night before and he would decide based on that and knowing my music, you know, my ear for music and his, he would play an album and that it could be anything. It could be it could be the Ramones. It could be David Bowie. It could be blues. It could be jazz. It could be, you know, but he would play something that somehow just perfectly put us both in the space. I call him shape maker. I, I really feel like, you know, you know, shape baker, shape baker. <laughs> oh, so, you know, he's he's like, I really feel like he co-created this character with me because what he imbued that mask with. In fact, that mask, uh, we brought a uh, Sarah and I got a little puppy and um, a little pit boxer chow mix. And so knowing this was going to be an alpha dog, um, we brought in a former canine officer to uh, to to, you know, to do some dog training. And, uh, and and Robert um, wanted a picture with the mask and me and the dog uh, for his Facebook page. And so when I pulled the mask out, the little dog just peed all over the floor, man. He, just, he, just, he looked at that mask and just, you know, but it, it does that, man. It does that. So so when I showed up, I mean, it's the same people, you know, I mean, the same crew, everything's the same. And so, and that's, and that's a continuity that David creates on purpose. In fact, he told me in a recent conversation, um, because I remarked on his loyalty, uh, and he said that is probably pri- one of the primary reasons for his success, because when he finds people who have as much passion and integrity as he does, he keeps them around. And, and then he, and he is a, he's a true collaborator. So it felt exactly like 2018. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I got to ask for a follow up. Did you sustain any injuries during any of the Halloween films or throughout your career? I mean, let's be honest, James, you were badass in Halloween kills, but you, you took an ass whooping as well. <laughs> Man. Man uh, so in 18, I, I, uh, I had a bone bruise on my left arm because the young lady hitting me with the chair in the, you know, in the bedroom scene, the, the babysitter, Right. that was a real chair. And that was her first movie. So she she didn't have the art form of so when you hit the body, whether it's with a weapon or a fist or a foot, you go hard. You got to go hard. You can't lie to the camera, but you know how to go in and pull back. You know what I mean? So you don't follow through. She didn't know how to do that. And so she was wailing on me, man. And I think after the 20th take or so um, and, and, and I can take a beating, man. But after about the 20th take, um, somehow it wasn't quite working for David. So he goes, hey, Shake, come here. Um, can 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 she just hit you any hard? Can she hit you a little harder? And I was <laughs> silent. And, and Attila, the first day, he was like, just broke out laughing. He goes, <laughs> he goes, David, she's knocking the shit out of him. <laughs> so that bone bruise actually took about that took about a week to come up out of my skin, you know, to actually show up on the skin. I got a hematoma on my left glute, my left butt cheek. Um, that when I woke up the next morning, um, that was from the, when I got shot in the shoulder, um, and went down, I hit my, my, my butt on the, um, on the pack that was controlling the squib. So that was a hematoma. So at a certain point, my left butt cheek was an inch higher than my right butt cheek. I went into Jeez. acupuncture okay. every day for acupuncture and laser treatments. Oh, wow. Um, if I showed a hot kills in the mob scene, um, 
I, t- I don't like to wear any more pads than I have to. And especially if I'm getting kicked or punched in the ribs, I want to feel it because there's a delay in reaction if you're wearing rib pads, especially. So I didn't wear rib pads. Um, the guys that, the guys that were kicking me um, were all really highly accomplished martial artists, but I still took a beating. So I had bruises all over my ribs. I had bruises. On, I had a spine pad down my down my spine, but the baseball bats on my back my left shoulder was one just big grapefruit bruise. Um, just fun stuff like that, man. But you know, <laughs> that's part of the fun, man. I say it's all in a day's work, man. You know, it is, man. That's what we signed up for. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, and speaking of signing up for it, you know, can, can you talk a little bit about working with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in, in 2018, you know, and Nancy Stevens and even even Kyle Richards and Kills, who 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 had that history with the franchise, you know, so long ago and now coming into this new era of Halloween kind of as we know it. Um, how, how was, how was your relationship with, with everybody and, and, and how did that, you know, just working with them go? Uh, well, first of all, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, and I, I say this over and over, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is a poster child for an empowered woman. She is one of the kindest, most compassionate, most intelligent, most creative. She's self-deprecating. She's deeply spiritual. Um, she does not suffer fools gladly. She's, she's, you know, goes straight to business when it's time for business. Um, she, she is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. I mean, aside from even making a movie. So, um, on, on the day, um, so there's a, uh, there's a scene in the ending scene in 2018 that, um, we, we had a fight that didn't, didn't make it. We, we reshot the ending and that's where we had the, the fire. Um, She's such an incredible athlete. I mean, she hit the ground like a pro, man, because we we were just we were rocking and rolling, man. I was slamming her. And and then at a certain point, I'm holding a knife uh, in my hand, the blade coming down from the from my hand downward and I'm holding it out. And she's got a um, uh, a, a rifle. She's run out of ammunition. So she turns around and is going to swing it like a baseball bat. Um, and I'm thinking this is a this is a position you don't want to be with someone who's just an actor. You want to be with a stunt person who's really, really precise. And I'm thinking, oh, dude, this is this is broken <laughs> up, man. This is not going to be good. 30 takes. She hit that blade at a full swing every single time. Wow. That woman is wow. an incredible athlete. Wow, so wow. that was superlative. Um, Nancy Stevens. I've known her and Rick Rosenthal for a very, very long time. Um, so, uh, my ex-girlfriend and I, at the time, Sally used to play tennis over at Rick and, uh, and, and um, at Nancy's house. Wow. So I've, and, and Nancy's mother, uh, Evelyn was, you know, in her nineties, I knew her, she was an amazing woman, just like, so when, when Nancy and I saw each other, um, you know, on the set, we're like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it's just, it was so <laughs> great. So you're, and it was so <laughs> great to kill her, you know, it's just, it was so great to kill my friend. <laughs> I mean, she deserved it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure Rick at some point in his life wanted to do it, so I did it for him. You know, there you go. <laughs> like every husband and wife go. And right. Kylie, I mean, Kylie. You know, I, I I didn't know her except from the movie. Um, but she's just a professional and sweet as can be. She was afraid to hit me. Um, she was afraid to hurt me, and I'm thinking, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You know, my sparring partner in college, Abby Bray, was a 280-pound super heavyweight. Joe Frazier picked him up. I mean, so – and he was my – I weighed a buck 80. He weighed 280. So, you know, a, an Abby Bray punch 
compared to a Kylie punch. Nah, you know, no problem. <laughs> but I'll tell you a little anecdote about that. Um, so David, you know, when you hit to the face, like when you, whether you're punching or swinging a baseball bat or whatever, um, you, because of depth of field issues, you put a camera behind the head and you could miss somebody by a foot, two feet, three feet, and you can make it look like you just knocked the crap out of somebody. Right. You don't want to hit somebody in the face or the head, first of all, because it's dangerous. And secondly, it, it doesn't play. It doesn't work for camera. Um, but David wanted to see what it looked like with that, that, that um, pillowcase filled with rubber bricks. Rubber bricks are heavy. So Aaron <laughs> and I went off to the side and we said, eh, let's see what this looks like. And he, he, now he's a very good athlete. He clipped me right across the top of the head just to see what it would feel like. And I went, boom. And I went, oh, that was an Abby Gray punch. Oh. And it, it might, you know, I was good. But, you know, he looked at me and goes, nah, man, we're not risking you. Not, not a chance. Because wow. David wanted to see Kylie do it to see what it would look like. So, and, and, and Douglas Tate was, from the time he got there, was super respectful. He's like, dude, I don't want to take any of your scenes. I know you're a good stuntman. I do not. I, I, but I'm, I'm grateful to be here. If I get to work, awesome. Just being here is enough. But I do not want to take anything away from you. And I really respect Doug for that, man. He was such an honorable guy. And so then they, they bring Doug in because David wants to see what it looks like for the bag to hit the head. And Doug is walking towards me. He's going, man, I'm sorry. I, I you know, I, I, and I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, oh, no worries, man. And I'm thinking in my head, dude, you're about to. <laughs> you're, yeah. about to, you're about doing your pay boy and and um sure enough man i stood there and watched she hit him upside the head with that and his knees buckled and he was like dude i was out he was like, I, I had a standing eight count there man now they didn't use that in the movie because it doesn't play you right. have to, you have to shoot it the way you have to shoot it so <clears throat> so doug actually took two beatings for me man one on camera one up <laughs> uh, you uh you briefly touched on the uh, mob scene and 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 all that went into that. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Is there any choreography that goes into that, or is there just hit him here, hit him there, kind of you know see what plays well on camera, and a little bit about working along uh, alongside Anthony and Michael Hall as well? Well, okay, the choreography is incredibly tight on that. I mean, incredibly tight. It looks and great. Oh. We had to rehearse it over and over and over just to make sure everybody had their marks because you have cameras, you got lights, you got all these different things, and you have weapons so people can get yeah. hurt. Um, it's something I'm really good at is, is uh, you know, everybody has things they're really good at, every human being, right? I'm really good at hitting marks. And so I can yeah, I can hit a mark, you know, in a complicated scene like that, you know, five, mark, five moves in, the director or camera guy can say, hey, Jimmy, I need you. I need you one inch over and I'll hit that one inch, you know, so, so, and I, and I never, and I don't forget choreography. So, um, we rehearsed it, we worked it, we worked it. And it's, and, and it's really funny that you mentioned Anthony Michael Hall. He created such intensity. He had such intensity inside him. So I was supposed to, when, you know, when, when, when the, when the fight starts, I was supposed to look over to my left where, where Mike and, and that group were. And then I look to my right. I take on the guys on the right. And then I go back and fight the guys on the left. First two takes, I started to go right. And boom, I was right back behind me because my spidey sense was telling me <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall is dangerous. 
And he was. He was. <laughs> that dude is intense. I mean, and we didn't talk during shooting. We only introduced each other. And then we just kind of I, I kind of leave everybody alone because, you know, they're dealing with the psychology of right. my character. So Absolutely. I just stay away from everybody. So it wasn't until after the film that, uh, you know, Mike and I got to sit down and have a conversation. I got to find out what a what an awesome guy he is, man. Just what an awesome guy. Um, and, and it was great to work with him, man. He he, he brought it, man. He brought it. That's awesome. Uh, so we see the shape get up from that eventually. And, you know, kill Anthony Michael Hall and all that. So so I have to ask, since we have you. What would what should we expect from the shape in the next installment in Halloween Ends, which I I believe here soon should begin uh, filming, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's filming soon. In fact, I am going down Thursday. David and I and some of the uh, some of the actors are going to be doing some work, and then uh, wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. Um, they'll be shooting. They they, they start uh, they start I think in two weeks, and I I start February first. Um, awesome. you know, January, February, March. Um, so yeah, we're, we're ready to go, man. Yeah. I have to say, as far as where the story goes, clearly I can't tell you where. Right. Of course not. Yeah, of course. So, what I can tell you is trust David Gordon Green. Okay. Trust him because man, he's, I mean, he's going to take you places that are going to spin your freaking head off. I mean, the dude knows what he's doing and, 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 and he has, he has such a genuine admiration and feel for the fan base and respect for the fans. So he it's truly in his heart to bring the fans what they want and what they don't expect. Absolutely. So uh, lastly, this is just a little fun question we like to ask our guests, all the ones we have on. You know, we kind of started this, I don't know, about a year or so ago. But the answers have been so, so different on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, funny, heartfelt, and then there's been some scary situations from some of these answers. Uh, especially from our female uh, uh, guests here. But we like asking it. You've been on the convention scene a little bit lately, especially since Halloween Kills. So we have to ask, what is the most standout memory from a convention that you can think of, whether it's a fan interaction or, you know, anything along the lines of convention story you could tell, good, bad, the ugly, everything in between? Um, I have – well, okay – First of all, the, the convention experience is beautiful. And if someone hasn't been to a convention, I, I highly encourage you to go. Um, it's, it's an amazing place to to, to people watch. Um, horror, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> horror fans are the nicest people in the world. They're courteous. They're they're patient. Yep. They're I mean, uh, so so that part of it for me and and it's the the people that that I get to meet are just just so filled with love, so grateful to be there. Um, so I've never had a negative experience, but I got to say women asking me to wear the mask and do nasty things to them. <laughs> oh, wow. Is um and and it's happened a lot. It's <laughs> I believe it. It's I believe happened it. a lot. And, <laughs> and so at first it caught me. I'm like, uh um um and and, and so, <laughs> I, I, how do you answer that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, that'll be fifty dollars. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it comes from and, and you know, and I um and I just honor, I honor, I even honor the people who ask that question because it's, it's genuine. You know, and it's like okay, yeah, yeah, you, you're entitled to your fantasy. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'd have to say that, yeah. James, before, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up, I just got to say, uh, I think you're an incredible Michael Myers. You're my personal favorite portrayal. Not that the, the other actors didn't do a great job. You're just my favorite portrayal. 
quick fun question that just came to my mind. I saw a picture. I think you posted it a couple years ago. You and CJ Graham together. Yeah. Who who's stronger between you two right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, the dude's got about forty pounds on me, man. So come on. You know, pound for pound. Um, you know, man, I, I'll I'll give I'll give CJ some respect, man. He we both train hard. I mean, yeah. I, I train as hard as I did in college, um, and so does CJ. Um, he clearly has kept very, very. He's kept strong and and agile, and um, I got a lot of respect for him. Man. He's a great dude, by the way. If you haven't met him yet, oh my God, uh, what what a wonderful human being. He is. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, now, if we're talking about body odor, eh, I'll go CJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had CJ. He was one of our very first guests, and he was super nice, just like you are. It's. It's a great honor to get to have two of the greatest actors to ever portray these iconic horror villains on our show. It's truly amazing. Uh, James, thank you so much for coming on. You're gracious enough to do a cameo for us, so fans can obviously find you there. And you have a bunch of information on jamesjudecourtney.net. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the fans where they can find you or support you in any way? Oh, yeah. Instagram is is uh, probably the easiest, you know, a James Jude Courtney and uh, Twitter's James J. Courtney. So, yeah, we're I'm, I'm floating around there and. And I haven't figured out the TikTok thing yet, but <laughs> neither have I. Don't feel bad. I, I, don't <laughs> I, I think I'll wait for my next lifetime for that one. Yeah, man. yeah same here. <laughs> but it is so much fun interacting with the fans and and, um, and, and it's so genuine. And and, uh, and yeah, I get a few of those requests on Instagram, too. So <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and David Gordon Green told me in 2018, uh, he said, uh he he said he only worked with one other actor who could go as deep and dark as I go. And he said that actor ended up having a psychotic break and, and ended up in a psych ward for two months. Oh, uh, wow. So it's, you know, I, I, all these years of experience I have with, you know, working on my psychology and emotion and spirituality, right. all, all the shamanic work I've done um, has enabled me to go to that place and then and then to leave it. And that's the important part that's, is that's being able to leave it. You know, Heath Ledger wasn't able to do it. You know? Right. But then he had other issues, you know, but right. um, so, you know, it's 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 really it's a sacred place. I, um, I'm I feel and I feel part of my honoring this this tradition, part of my honoring the franchise, part of my honoring the fans is not to make a mockery of it, you know, to really embrace the, the specialness of it and to always hold that in my heart. And 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 I'll always hold that in my heart. <laughs> but yeah, man, y'all, it's it's been a real pleasure, man. You, you guys rock. I'm, I'm I'm so happy that we got to do this. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Thank, thank you so much. Again. Thank you so much yes, for coming so on. Much. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.